and welcome back to Eric Likes Animals. I'm Eric Mahan. Thank you guys so much for listening. So I do have an important announcement regarding the podcast. All right. It's been a hard decision, but I want you guys to know that instead of having episodes every week, I'm going to be switching to every other week. I'm sorry for those that look forward to weekly podcast animal fun, but with my actual job and many other things that I do and are involved in, I just don't want to rush these episodes and miss out on anything because, well, the last couple have definitely been a last minute rush, let's just say. I hope you guys all understand and don't worry, there's still going to be tons of new fun animal and environmental news and conservation as well. But it'll just be switching to every other week, giving me the time that I feel necessary to be able to give a good podcast for you guys. And for this week, however, I have a great show ahead for you with That's One Big Moth, Dry Spell for a Fish May Be at an End, One Mouth, No Anus, and of course, our featured species. So let's get started with some environment news. Well, Washington State has a possible new resident trying to move into the state. According to the Washington State Department of Agriculture, about a month ago, a professor at the University of Washington found a very surprising visitor, an atlas moth. The atlas moth is a moth species endemic to tropical Asia and obviously not supposed to be found in the United States. It is a very large moth species, with a wingspan of about 10 inches or 0.25 meters with bright colors of red, yellow, white, brown. And so with that big size and these colors, it's a hard moth to miss. This is believed to be the first time an atlas moth has been spotted in the United States. The department is asking for residents to keep a lookout for more And if they think they see one, to please take a picture and send it to the Department of Agriculture in Washington. This will help determine if it's just one lone moth or in fact that there is a population of them trying to set up camp in Washington state, which can be one big problem if the state would have to start dealing with a possible new invasive insect species and not just because these things are so freaking big. People have dry spells. It happens. You may not go out on a date for a year or more, right? Well, what about a dry spell for an entire population for 50 years? But it may finally be over. The Georgia Lake sturgeon has not produced offspring in Georgia for about 50 years. And you thought the 40-year-old virgin was a big deal. Granted, they do have a lot more against them than Steve Carell's character. For one, the lake sturgeon has only been reintroduced into the Georgia lakes 20 years ago. Because of their armor scales, they would cut fishing nets. So when these fish were caught with other fish, fishermen would just leave them on the land after they catch them to kill them off because they wanted to stop dealing with ripped up nets. In addition to dams blocking their migration routes, the lake sturgeon in Georgia were completely wiped out. So 20 years ago, thanks to the Clean Water Act, they were reintroduced and the sturgeon in Georgia were brought back. Now, you may ask, well, then what have they been doing for 20 years? Well, it's because females only become mature in 20 to 25 years. So really, these young sturgeon they put in have only just become mature enough to breed. No official babies have been seen yet, but the university that monitors the lakes say 
From their findings, they have noticed at least three females with eggs in which they haven't seen until this year. So fingers crossed that these bonies fish will, well, bone. A mystery over a 500 million year old fossil has been solved. A fossil discovered back in 2017 was first reported as a tiny fossil of this sort of microscopic sac-like marine animal, and many people actually thought it was related to us from way back, or should I say way, way, way back. So it was placed in the group of animals that have vertebrates. But something didn't really make a lot of sense. Most of the animals during this time came in many different shapes and sizes, but they all had a mouth and, well, an anus. But this creature only has a mouth. Recently, researchers dove even deeper with intense x-ray scans of the fossil and have classified this ancestor now to be of spiders and insects. But once again with only a mouth and no anus. One theory is it just didn't need it. Its mouth, well, um, did it all. But whatever the case, let's just be happy that it's no longer part of our family tree. Many of us already have weird family issues, and the last thing we need coming to the family dinner is a creature that has only a mouth that it also uses as its anus. And that is your environment news. So for today's species of the day, I would totally 100% have talked about these guys anyway, but the reason why I chose them now is because a super wonderful human being and a close friend of mine has always wanted me to talk about them. And since she just hit her 10-year mark as an animal care professional, I figured now is a perfect time to tell you guys all about the amazing Red Wolf The red wolves once lived from Texas to Florida and all the way up to central Pennsylvania. Now the only wild population lives on a tiny peninsula in the eastern part of North Carolina. But historically, this means they could be found in forests, swamps, mountain, coastal prairies, and really just a very wide range of habitats. As for looks, in case you don't want to go out and Google it, what they look like is a very lean canine, often with a black-tipped bushy tail, coats of brown with some black on their backs, and a reddish tint to the fur on their face and kind of the back of their legs, hence the name red wolf. The red wolf is a smaller species than a gray wolf, but slightly larger than a coyote. How big, you ask? They are only 4 feet or 1.2 meters long and only stand about 26 inches or 0.66 meters high. They weigh Anywhere from about 45 to 80 pounds or 20.4 to 36.3 kilograms. But most of the time, males are around 60 pounds or 27.2 kilograms. And females are normally around 50 pounds or 22.7 kilograms. So roughly around the weight of a German shepherd. And on average in the wild, a red wolf only lives six to seven years. However, in captivity, they can live much longer, upwards of 14 years or plus sometimes. They are considered nocturnal, but may be active during the day, but nowhere near as they are at night, which makes sense since their favorite things to eat also normally come out at night. Red wolves mainly only like to go after smaller mammals like raccoons, rabbits, and other rodents or other smaller mammals. They may go after a bird or whatever else it may find. 
And sometimes it might go after a deer, but for the most part, red wolves like to stick to much smaller prey items compared to those larger prey items that their larger cousins, the gray wolves, would go after. Now, the red wolf might have help catching prey like gray wolves with a pack, but once again, compared to gray wolves, red wolves, everything is much smaller. The so-called pack of the red wolves is normally two breeding adults and their kids. So yeah, they can have a pack of five to eight, but it's really just the parents and their kids. The red wolves will pair up and will mate for life. So females will pick a male most of the time that has a good territory because wolves are very territorial. Do each other so the strongest male would have the best piece of land. However, with not that many red wolves left in the wild, the ladies really don't have that many options. So they're really all looking pretty good at this point. The wolf pair will mate about once a year, normally around February, and will create a well-conceived hidden away den for the female to be able to give birth in normally around April to May to about three to six pups. They will only open their eyes in a week or so, and it may be a couple more weeks till they start venturing outside the den. They will hang out and learn from their parents, but normally in two to three years, they become sexually mature. And like I said before, the packs stay smaller. Some individuals may stay longer than others and help raise the younger brothers and sisters, but if they wish to breed, they will have to break away from the pack and try to start their own, since it's only the dominant male and female that breed. So even if another wolf tried to join the pack to mate with one of the kids, the parents would chase them away. Also, depending on food, that is also a factor on pack size and how long packs stay together. Because once they can set off on their own, the parents and any cubs would be the first ones to get fed since they are higher in the hierarchy. So if you're a kid that stayed home a little too long and mom and dad's trying to kick you out of the basement, well, if there's not too much food to go around, you're going to be the last one at the dinner table. If it's a poor hunting year, it might encourage them to set off on their own. Red wolves don't have too many predators, but for who would be hunting them? Yeah, like I said, not much. Coyotes may pose a threat to young wolves. Historically, gray wolves may be a problem, but yeah, there's no gray wolves where the current wild population of red wolves are. And maybe just due to the area that the red wolves are in, Maybe a large alligator, possibly, but alligators also aren't really ones that go after larger prey items either. They like to have something that fits in their mouth. So really, the only main issue red wolves have to deal with is humans, because the IUCN Red List has them listed as critically endangered with population decreasing. It is estimated that there are only 15 to 20 wild red wolves left, and Those were from a group of founders that only started back in 1973. Every red wolf left was sought after during 1973 to be caught up by the United States Fish and Wildlife and brought into captivity for protection and breeding because they knew full well if they left those red wolves alone out in the wild, people would just keep shooting them and whatever was left would be disappeared forever. They did not want to take that chance on trusting people not to shoot these creatures, so they decided to bring them into the safety of captivity. So by 1980, the red wolf was considered extinct in the wild, and with all their efforts, the only 
red wolves they could find are about 17. So, yeah, pretty good thing that they brought those guys back in because, yeah, those guys would be gone, especially because they were found in Texas. So, yeah, I doubt that they would have lasted too much longer. So they bred, and in captivity, the population has grown. Right about now, there's about 250 individuals in captivity today, and of course, the 15 to 20 that are found in the North Carolina region. And those wolves are from, well, the captive population, because like I said, those 17 were found in Texas, brought into captivity, bred, and the 15 and 20 that are currently in the North Carolina region are offspring and also individuals that have been released through the Red Wolf Recovery Plan. And if you're thinking, well, only 15 to 20 wolves for the number of years they've been working on this, that doesn't actually seem that very good. Well, the number was actually much higher at one point, but thanks to issues with different government bodies, as well as the changeovers throughout the years of politics in saving endangered species or not caring about endangered species. Yeah, um, it, it was very difficult for certain agencies to have the teeth to help protect them once they were out there. And also, there was a ton of illegal killings. And these are the exact reasons why simply releasing the entire captive population into the wild right at this moment would most likely end in a disaster. Truth be told, the most dangerous thing for the red wolf is actually misinformation. People hear wolf and they freak out. They think they are all the big bad wolf in Little Red Riding Hood and they are dangerous animals that will get your kids and farm animals. And that is simply not true. It has been carefully studied that red wolves almost always go after small prey items. Not sheep, cows, goats, but bunnies, squirrels, and rats. And in all honesty, you would probably have more issues with coyotes going after livestock than red wolves. So, yeah, I mean, not trying to convince you to then go out and try and destroy all coyotes, but coyotes are everywhere already still. And they will most likely be a bigger threat to livestock than red wolves if you're already freaking out about that. Also, Red wolves, if you're worried about seeing them in the wild or like, oh, I will never go hiking in an area where I know that there's wolves at. Well, the red wolves are extremely skittish animals and they've done many studies. And even the scientists studying the small wild population have to use camera traps, even though they know exactly where those wolves are. They just can't see them. Okay, they have to set up these uh, cameras that are triggered by the wolf walking by in the middle of the night to even be able to see it. So yeah, if they can't find it, there's no way you're going to probably stumble upon them. And honestly, red wolves want nothing to do with us. And it makes sense because honestly, we've been dicks to them for years. Also, if you're still scared and don't want them near you because you're afraid that they will attack you as you walk into the woods, you can simply make a loud noise. They'll run for the hills. Trust me, they are the biggest chickens ever. And if you still don't feel even safe after all that, you can always carry bear mace, which is a great solution for any region really in the world that you hike with potential predators. If you truly want to feel safe and you're in an area that you know that there's mountain lions or bears or anything like that, I'm telling you, bear mace is quicker and more effective than a gun. And it's been proven multiple times for multiple scenarios from multiple different predator attacks. Okay, 
but you would probably make a scream that you saw a wolf and the red wolf would literally run away at you just screaming at it. So, yeah, they're big chickens. If you really want to feel safe, you can carry the bear maze, but yeah, they're going to just simply run away from you. And if you're then worried about your livestock, well, besides simply having fences, because it's not like these guys are super dogs and can rip down a fence to get to your farm animals. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, best guard animal that you could have for your farm, guaranteed, get a donkey. It has been shown that donkeys are the ultimate guard animal for wolves. And I'm not just talking general red wolves. I'm talking about all wolves and even other canids like foxes and coyotes. Just FYI. But back to why a donkey. So it's been studied. It's been filmed. It's been photographed that actually around the world, donkeys are the ultimate protector against canids. Yeah, they kick. But actually, there's been multiple incidences where there are pictures of donkeys grabbing a wolf by the neck and shaking it. All right. Yeah. If that doesn't scare off a wolf, nothing's going to. So these animals are tough. They're built to be able to handle predators such as that and are just the ultimate guard animal. So that's kind of the ultimate protector against your livestock. But however, like I said before, the chances that the red wolf would actually go after your livestock is pretty much nilch. It doesn't see it as actual food. And now you may be thinking, well, now I want the red wolves back into the wild because I feel nice and safe and these guys seem awesome. Well, I'll tell you some different methods that could help bring them out. Number one, just like any sort of conservation thing, especially with apex predators, it's all about the education. Make sure you help educate people on how awesome and how safe red wolves really are. Even if they don't want to hear it, even if you're not in the right setting, attack those people's ears with the great information about the red wolf. And of course, another one, going to the facilities that are breeding these red wolves and helping them out in terms of going because that money will help continue their conservation efforts with Red wolves. And even some of these facilities will have special donation areas or even ways that you could donate money straight to specifically the Red Wolf Conservation Program at their zoo or facility. The last one, however, this one's going to be a little more difficult. All right. You need to try and encourage people, especially if you're in a location that red wolves were historically found in to try and bring them back, okay? So currently, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife are going to be very focused in that first spot. But eventually, once that spot hopefully becomes settled, they're going to be needing other locations. And the more locations and the more states that are involved with this, the greater chance that this recovery program can work. So even though they may be years off from starting to put red wolves in other locations, We got to start doing the groundwork now. And that means educating people. That means encouraging people to start talking to your local and state representatives, especially if you're in an area that, say, has a large plot of woods, because red wolves are going to help the ecosystem. They're not going to hurt you. They're not going to hurt your livestock. And all they can do is help the ecosystem. There's been tons of studies in wolves in general improving the ecosystem tenfold. Great example is the gray wolves in Yellowstone. 
There was an overpopulation in elk, so they were eating all the food. They were destroying the creek beds because they wouldn't leave, so they would like trample everything down. Plants were going missing. They just wasn't having a healthy habitat, which also meant that the elk were overpopulated and they were starving. They were struggling. There were diseases. There was too many elk. And the second they brought those wolves in and started taking care of that population, Yellowstone's ecosystem's health exploded because it is sort of like Thanos's idea. All right. There's only so many resources. And when you don't have a predator in the natural world, yeah, the prey is going to overpopulate and cause so many issues. And the wolf is basically the snap for Thanos's fingers. Might sound mean, especially when it's people, but in terms of nature, that's exactly what it needs. Nature is all about perfect balance. So you need those apex predators. So bringing them back in all these regions, not only it's going to be cool to have wolves back, but also the ecosystems around our neighborhoods and our different states that these wolves are supposed to be found in are going to just be so much healthier. So lay the groundwork, start encouraging people, start also encouraging regulations to help protect them when they do get there from people trying to be jerks because there's always going to be jerks out there trying to kill them. But all that in the end is going to not only make a healthier ecosystem, but just make a cooler place to live. All thanks to the amazing Red Bull. show thank you guys so much for listening i hope you enjoyed hearing about this amazing and very necessary red wolf also really fun update that literally happened as i'm making this episode the u.s fish and wildlife services just today as i'm recording this shared a video of the first wild red wolf pups born since 2018 and apparently they said all six pups are doing great. So check out their Facebook page and you can see at least five of the pups following either mom or dad across this trail camera footage. It's just really cool to see. And then of course, also, as always, if you have any questions or want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter, which I will provide the links below in the episode description. Or you can email me at ericlikesanimals at gmail.com. Also, please don't forget the episodes will now be coming out every other week. So once again, sorry, but it's all going to pay off. Trust me. And then I think that's it for me. So once again, thank you for listening. And remember, red wolves are way more scared of you than you are of them. So let's just bring them back, right?